Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Fried the Burnout Podcast. Hello, Fried fam. You get Kate and Sarah today, which. I know you love because every time we do an episode together, the download numbers go up and we're going to cover something today that we were planning on covering. And then a post came up in the Facebook group and we were like, okay, well then I guess this is a sign that we should move forward. But the topic can be is almost always an extremely frustrating one for people because we're going to be talking about sleep today. And we've talked about sleep on the podcast before. However, There's always more to dig into, and most people that have trouble sleeping have already done all the things. So we know that when you are coming up against sleep problems, you've probably tried the melatonin and the acupuncture and the meditations and the like you've done all the damn things. Today, Sarah mostly, I'm going to kind of sit back and let her do it, is going to take you through a little bit of how we explore sleep from a perspective of Chinese medicine. So that maybe that change, that shift in in perspective will allow you to make some different choices that might help be the next thing that unlocks the next five minutes of of sleep for you. Because we're clearly not going from full insomnia to an hour and a half of REM sleep every day. So, like, you know, let's let's uh, set our expectations clearly. Uh, so, yeah, sleep and Chinese medicine. I made a little handy dandy chart. And when it's time, I'm going to hold it up in front of the camera for everybody. Sarah, you had a hard time sleeping when you were burnt out. I did. I definitely went through a tired but wired phase and found myself staring at the ceiling at two, three in the morning, which was a an unusual thing for me. I had never been. I had never had a hard time falling asleep. In fact, for a lot of my life, especially my like later teen years and 20s, I could not stay awake. I was exhausted. I mean, I was doing a lot. Chinese medicine, school was like I had 14-hour days a lot of the time just at school, let alone travel, let alone bartending, waitressing. Yeah, and so yeah. I was exhausted and could hardly stay awake and then all of a sudden, you know, a few years later, I think I was around 35 or 36, I was staring at the ceiling going, "Wow, this is different." And oh, this is what they meant by tired and wired and it absolutely sucked. So been there, done that, right? There's different phases of burnout where sometimes you're tired and wired. Sometimes you're so exhausted. Sometimes you're exhausted during the day and then it comes time to sleep, the, the sleep that you've been waiting for all day long because you were so tired and then you can't sleep. Yeah. Or you sleep and you could sleep for days and you just feel like you never are rested or can wake up. Like, And all of these are absolutely miserable. It's so true. We, we're me. not trying to be downers, but we understand that this this particular symptom, not only is it really frustrating to manage, but having this understanding that you need the sleep in order to recover, your body needs the time to sort of rebuild itself. Your body needs the time to, uh, I can't remember the word for doing what it does to the things that you learned during the day. I'm I'm thinking compress in my head and that's not the right word, but we'll get there eventually. There's nope, there's another one. I'll get there. Um so we know that there's like you know that you need to sleep. We know that you need to sleep. Like 
the sleep isn't doing the sleep like it's supposed to and everything sucks so let's just jump right into chinese medicine perspective when we're talking about sleep what are the basics what are the basic what is the basic information that we need to talk about sleep in chinese medicine so we're going to start with the yin yang symbol which you've probably all seen it's the circle it's got kind of an s shape half white half black a little black circle inside the white a little white circle inside the black right this symbol is meant to show us the mutual interdependence of yin and yang which are two it's sort of the opposites yin is cold and dark and still and um moist and think earth okay think like um the floor like the forest floor at nighttime okay this is yin yang is like actually the character for yang and yin for yang it's the sunny side of the mountain so if you can imagine this picture standing on the side of a mountain in the bright sunshine what is that like things are moving around it's very active often there's a breeze blowing there's warmth from the sun it's dry because of that um a lot more activity so the opposite is the shady side of the mountain or the the mountain on during nighttime i love these images because it explains why yin and yang are kind of hard for our Western minds sometimes to understand because the Chinese are like, it's a picture. You can't, here's one word, but this character describes a picture for each of them. Okay. So for us as humans on this planet, I think it's easiest to understand like the earth below us. It's got gravity. It's dense. It holds us close. The earth is quite still compared to the atmosphere, the air around us, the expanding nature of the universe, which is yang. Things always moving up and out. The earth below us is pulling us close. Okay. As humans, we're a blend of the two. We've got the, the expanding universe kind of all around us, above us, and we've got the, the earth that's sort of pulling us close below us. And so we are this blend of yin and yang in our bodies. And when we have a balance of yin and yang going on in our systems, we feel well, we feel whole, we feel good. Not 100% of the time, we have emotions, things happen, things come and go, but we, we, we move through all these different processes in our body with relative ease. Okay. <clears throat> so what about sleep? So... As we talked about, the character for Yang is the sunny side of the mountain. It's also like daytime, okay? Shady side of the mountain or the mountainside at nighttime is yin. So yin helps us sleep. We sleep usually during the yin time of the day, which is the cold, dark time of day. And when we don't have enough yin inside of our bodies, we have a hard time matching the yin of nighttime in order to drop an anchor. So the yin, like I said, is heavy, like the gravity of earth sort of pulls us in. We say we fall asleep, right? We fall asleep because there's this sensation of going downwards, which is sort of like this yin gravity pulling you down to the earth. <laughs> Kate's got her beautiful visual for us. Oh, and your ring light is highlighting the center. I know, I'm trying to keep it there on purpose. <laughs> right, so she's showing us in the daytime, yang, is kind of in charge right we we're active we're awake our brains are at moving our bodies are moving 
And then around sunset, it sort of switches. Yin takes over. The sun sets. It gets darker. It gets cooler. Yang takes the back seat. All right. We're going to pause. I'm going to do a light refresh. Perfect. Because if you haven't heard these concepts before, you're like, yin, yang, wait, what? When Sarah was discussing the yin, yang symbol, it's also known as the tai chi. Yes, that's where those words come from. The interdependence of those things. One of the most important things to understand about this symbol is that it was never meant to be thought of as two-dimensional. This symbol is is the same shape as the earth, is a sphere, is always moving, is never still, has never stopped. And every time there's too much yin somewhere, it transforms into yang. And whenever there's too much yang, it transforms into yin. So as the day goes through its yang phase, it starts off at this high, high yang, and then it drops, drops, drops. And as it drops, it melds into yin, and then yin takes over and is in charge of the nighttime. And what Sarah is saying is that when you don't have enough yin in your body, if your yin is what we call in Chinese medicine deficient, then you might not have enough to get up that yin hill and to take over the yang during the day. Things that create yin deficiency in the body, overwork, high levels of stress, lack of sleep, extra exercise, intense exercise, Sarah, what else? Waning hormones in perimenopause. Yeah. There's other things. There's but... other things. It's mostly more, so like being young, if there's extra young, if you spend more time in your day being young than yin, that automatically depletes your yin. So it's and sort of young like is? Active, moving, doing all those things you just said. Yeah. Uh, the opposite of those things. Right. So all of those things that you're doing, 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 that's young. And you're supposed to do that at certain parts of the day. You're supposed to feel good at noon and like engaged and really like pushing through and doing things. But at some point that's supposed to change. Every single day we're supposed to go through this shift. Oh, the other thing that hurts Yin is uh, crappy screen lights that we watch all night before we go to sleep on our phones and on our TVs and all of that. But because they're very young, right? It's bright. Yes, it's bright. It's it's an excess of young at a time that is meant to be Yin. Yeah. Have we confused you completely? Are you on board with us right now? <laughs> it's a, it's so um, interesting to me to. We've been asked to talk more Chinese medicine on the podcast, and I love Chinese medicine, and we've both spent, gosh, between the two of us, we're 40 years of experience in Chinese medicine, which is wild. And also, I think sometimes when you get so far into something, you forget what the basics sounded like. So we are really making a grand effort to like make this as easy as possible. Why, knowing that we need yin to meet with young and take over so that we can fall asleep. And we know that the things that we're overdoing during the day are using up too much young. We also know that from a burnout perspective, if somebody is already in burnout, part of the diagnosis, this is not an entire Chinese medicine diagnosis. They are much more complicated than this, but part of the diagnosis is likely to be in deficiency. So right. you are trying to sleep 
you're overdoing it during the day or not. Maybe you're putting in some of these yin practices during the day. You're already doing that. You're taking the time to do a yoga nidra during the day. You're doing acupuncture. You're trying to fill up. You're eating the right foods, but it's not quite enough yet. Well, what question are you at? Say, say, what question? What do you want to know? I think what I'm trying to you ask. You still struggle with sleep. Yeah, right? you the still struggle with sleep. Still struggling with sleep, and so you're extra frustrated because you're still you're trying all the things. They haven't worked, but yeah. the reality is, when you are in burnout, by the time you are fully burnt out, let's just say you have a hole of depletion, right? You you have a hole in your your life force batteries are low, and you feel like you are in a almost like bottomless dark pit of energy okay meaning like your actual physical energy when you're that exhausted here's the thing you start doing the exercises and the practices of that tonify yin which like kate said yoga nidra there's specific foods that are more yin tonifying but really anything that's nutritious will benefit your yin um yoga nidra um yin yoga literally it's called yin yoga for a reason folks yin yoga and qigong practices yeah things that are slow things that help you practice being being mindful present things like that this is hard when you have too much yang because when you have too much yang you want to keep moving that is the that is the nature of yang energy so i understand why you might be frustrated when you're like i'm trying to lay still and it doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> My brain is going. I understand. It, it's it's worth it to keep practicing. One thing I want to mention here. Can I talk completing the stress cycle for a second? Yeah, go ahead. So one of the things we do in the group program is talk about completing the stress cycle, which is the concept in the Nagoski sisters book. And she talked about it on her episode. So you might want to go back and listen to that if you haven't. Turns out she loves Chinese medicine too. I was so enthralled by that. I one. know, me too. She was like Tai Chi for everyone. I was like, yes. And I've, there was a question in the Facebook group too, like what is completing, what does that actually mean to complete the, the stress cycle? And I talk about completing the stress cycle with the same yin and yang concept because like we said, you can be at different phases of your burnout recovery and have different needs. When you are in the tired, but wired, frazzled, fried, anxious, blah, more yang phase, either of the day or in your burnout recovery in general, you need something different than when you're in the, I am completely exhausted. I can't get out of bed. I can barely get up to like brush my teeth phase. Okay. So part of the answer is meeting yourself where you're at. Okay. If you are frazzled and you want to be able to fall asleep, do you think laying in bed with your head spinning, staring at the ceiling is actually the most useful thing? Probably not. What if you can do something to meet yourself in the activity of your mind, of the frazzle, and maybe do something that's a little bit moving to match it, some shaking, um, some sort of little movement practice, or even if it's just get up and put a load of laundry in. Okay, so you're doing something a little bit active. And then see if once you meet that activity with some activity, like internal activity with some external activity, if you naturally come more to a neutral place, and then you're better set up for going in from there. Now, this sounds counterintuitive. It does, but it helps you like Kate, you mentioned in the beginning, right? When something gets too young, when there's a lot of young, it automatically goes yin because there's a cycle, right? These things are like we said, mutually interdependent 
and they are not separate. So when one kind of overflows, it's sort of like when you get a fever, your yang is increasing, your heat is increasing, your temperature is increasing, and you hit this peak point in your body and then your fever breaks, we call it. That's when your fever goes in. You cool off, right? You just And sometimes you... the right solution when you have a fever is to make yourself sweat, not to cool yourself down. Right. Sometimes you got to take a hot bath or a hot shower yeah. to really to get your body up and over that peak yang into the yin. So this is what we're talking about. We're utilizing these principles, these ideas to support us in burnout recovery in completing our stress cycle. So when you're in this low, like exhausted, I can't, I mean, you might be able to go to sleep when you're that exhausted. That's fine. But what you can't do is wake up in the morning. So let's say you have to get up and do something and you're just like, oh my God, I just cannot. Can you let yourself be even more still? Can you do a yoga nidra? Can you say, I'm going to lay here for another however long, give myself what I need, which is more stillness, more rest, and then see if when I do that, I just get a little bump of energy enough to get me kind of to this neutral place where I can do what I need to do in that moment. You might need to go back to resting again right away, but you might just get a little bump of energy that lets you do whatever it is that you need to do briefly in the day. Okay. So these different phases of burnout require recovery require different needs for your body. Your body has different needs in these different places. And so when in order to fall asleep, different people need different things depending on where they're at. And if you can meet yourself where you are when it's bedtime, honor what it is, even if you think it's the wrong thing. If you're super active and awake, but you're like, my yoga is sleeping. This added frustration and judgment of what your body needs in that moment certainly doesn't help your body feel ready for sleep. I think that this is, this is counterintuitive. We've both seen it work. And it's, this is especially important when your brain disagrees with your body. Like when your intellectual self is saying, I know that I need to sleep and now I'm not sleeping and now I'm going to do this. And I, there was an interesting post recently and it was like, I'm doing all the right things. I'm, I'm laying awake. I'm telling myself to calm down. I'm telling myself that I'm safe. I'm telling myself. So there's a, there's a, um, a forceful action in it. Right. And this is, this is what Sarah's saying is the, is the opposite of that. Yes. Instead of judging or forcing something that the right thing on your body, can you meet your body where it's at? You're saying, if you're like, God, I'm telling my body I'm safe, even though, but you're laying there anxious. Can you instead say, Hey body, what do you want about? What do you need right now? Want to get up and shake? You need to get up and shake. Do you need a cup of tea? Do you need to journal? Like, what are these, what is this anxiety about? Can you provide something for your body to be able to express what's going on so you can come up and around to complete your own stress cycle or bring you to a more neutral place that might help you sleep it might not 100 work mind you like i said we try this but when you're deep in burnout there isn't you're not going to go from having insomnia every night to sleeping perfectly we know this so i say that because i understand that that this is a process and probably you're somewhere in it. 
and you might be frustrated. But if you haven't tried meeting yourself where you're at when you're lying there at night, perhaps this is something that you could try on and see how it goes. And when we're saying shaking, one of the things that is regularly recommended in the world of trauma, there's a book called Transforming Trauma by Dr. James Gordon. He um, has a practice that he calls shaking and dancing that helps to move trauma, anxiety, et cetera, through the body. This is also, this has been known for thousands of years in Chinese medicine as qi shaking. And it is to move through excess energy that you're not kind of sure what to do with. And so if you don't know, when we say shaking, you're like, what the, What do you, you want me to stand there and shake? Well, yeah, sort of, but here's the method. It's It couldn't be easier. You stand with your feet on the ground. Your feet are now planted. They do not move during a shake. The reason this is important is because there are two acupuncture points on the bottom of your feet, one on the bottom of each foot. They are called kidney one. And those are the anchor points for your yin and your body. This is how we connect to the earth. This is how we connect to the energy of the earth. So once those feet are down, they are down. You are not moving them. And then you are literally shaking the top half of your body. You kind of force it at first until it starts like rolling. And at some point, You're going to just stop doing it because you'll be sick of doing it. It might take you two minutes. It might take you six. It's probably not going to take you 30 because you'll be like, what am I still doing right now? But this method can help release those mini young excesses that feel stuck to your body. It's a shake and a release, a shake and a release, a shake and a release. Often when we're shaking, we flick our fingers like you put all of your fingers together with your thumb on top of them and flick them out to to move more of that energy while you're shaking. You can do that as well. But don't move those damn feet. Well, right. Your feet can, you're, you, you, you're, you're discharging, grounding, releasing yes. your feet into the earth. Mama Earth is an amazing composter. That's like she's amazing at composting. We know this, right? Yeah compost your energy let her transmute it into all the beautiful things around you in the world so shaking might be something that you have to add even though it sounds totally counterintuitive and this is especially for if you are laying down you are wide awake you can't sleep and you're like getting annoyed about it and you're trying to talk yourself down and you can't get there now One of the things that Sarah said before we came on is like, we're not going to talk Chinese medical, Chinese herbal formulas while we're here, because there can be, if we had five patients come in with insomnia tomorrow, there might be five extremely different diagnoses, which would mean that each five of those people would have the same symptom, but a different diagnosis, which would lead to a different herbal formula. So we are not telling you here especially without consults and things. And I don't even do herbal consults. Um, so that's, I mean, I did, I used to a long time ago, but I haven't done them in ages. So th- we're not here to tell you what herbs you should take. You should go see your acupuncturist or your herbalist for that purpose. Um, if you feel like herbs would be helpful. But one of the things that Sarah, you were saying before we came on is that yang is sort of air and yin is substance. Yang is movement and activity and, and yin is stillness and being. And in order, when we have someone that has a depletion of yin, it's really hard to create substance from just energy. It's much easier to create substance from substance. So having an herbal formula, making sure you're eating some of the right foods, doing that kind of thing when you are yin deficient can be extremely helpful because we need to actually physically build up your reserves with the right thing. So 
you said earlier that anything that's nutritious will help build the yin, but there are a few, of course, you guys listen, you can Google this, but there are a few yin nourishing foods in particular that we know are nourishing for the yin. Can we name a couple of them to give people like, hey, if if this is you, you're not able to get there at night, you need some building, you're not ready to get on herbal formula, what kind of basic foods can people add in that might help? Pride fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. The first thing that comes to mind is eggs. Yeah. Also anything that grows underground, right? It's in the ground. It's yin. It's made literally from the earth directly. The darker the color of the thing, the better. Right. So beets stronger than potatoes. Both good. Yeah. But the richness of the color is something that is associated with yin. So also any foods that are naturally black, like black sesame seeds or poppy seeds are things that you can add to increase yin. What is it? Oysters are a good one. A lot of seafoods because salt salt is yin and, and ocean is yin. So a lot of seafoods uh, fit into this category. I haven't Blue thought thing. about this in a long time. Yeah. Blueberries. Kidney yeah. beans. Yep. Beets, like we said, so eggplant, rich in color, blue, black, purple colors, all support things that are yin. Blackberries. Or support you in building yin. Yeah, so just well. that's just a few ideas, right? And a lot of um, a lot of meats when they are slow cooked and low cooked for a long time until they're like falling off the bone. This is a kidney building yin building. Bone broths. Bone broths are yin building. Exactly. This is like a quiz for us right now because we did not talk about this before we got on. So I'm like, do you remember all the things? And so again, there's lists of these things online. You can literally look up yin nourishing foods and and Google will spit you out a whole big list of them. But the point is that sometimes we're trying to do a lot of things energetically and we really actually need substance. Right. You need substance because yin is substance. So like in your body what's yin are like the fluids and the literal tissues and the yang energy of your body is what moves your moves your actual tissue and moves the fluids around your body so the yang is like the the push the yin is the blood and the fluids the yang is the push that helps you cir- circulate everything around your body and also animates you 
makes you awake, makes you expressive, those kinds so of things. So we did just spend a little bit of time on people that are totally indeficient and unable to fall asleep. But you did mention earlier people that are sleeping, maybe not sleeping great and waking up really groggy in the morning. Again, you guys, we've done other episodes on this, so we're not talking sleep hygiene right now. We're not talking where this is we're talking from a Chinese medicine perspective. There's an episode with Riley Jarvis that you can go back to for sleep hygiene things. You can also listen to the Kristen Holmes episode. She's a lead scientist from Whoop. Um, Whoop is one of those, uh, you know, Aura Ring Whoop Fitbit, one of those things that measures, you know, how you're sleeping and what's going on, which if you're sleeping like shit, you might actually want to have one of these because if you find that you went from five minutes of REM a night to nine minutes of REM a night, you might not notice that in your day to day. And you might be saying, oh, everything I'm doing isn't working, but you don't actually have data to back it up. So you might find out that the things you're doing are working. It's just a slow crawl. Right. right? Which is what I started to say earlier when I was saying we're in this yeah. deep hole depletion. Yeah. Almost you cannot see the bottom of. Yeah. When you're burnt out. So when you start doing these practices that throw in a little bit into your, your, your life force energy, your, your battery. A plastic energy, beach shovel like, of sand down there. <laughs> it's like, you, yeah, you poured this like tiny a teaspoon. shovel of sand into this deep hole and you still can't see the bottom of it. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. I don't feel better yet. This sucks. And that's true. It does suck. Oh, but it does know that you sometimes don't actually feel the benefit of all of the things ways you're meeting yourself where you're at and providing for your needs until that hole is at least halfway filled. When you start to be able to see the bottom of the hole, you're like, oh, there's the bottom. And then you're like, oh, I did fall asleep last night pretty easily. Wow. But it's been a year and a half of ups and downs. Like having a data tracker, a health data tracker can help you see your wins and find your trends maybe even like oh yesterday I did qigong and I slept really well great yeah yesterday I did this thing and I slept 11 minutes rem but la 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 yeah I think it's I think when you are especially when you're getting really down on yourself and you're in this like once you get to the point where you have decided that you and your body are fighting that decision that you've made about the fact that you and your body are fighting and and that story that you're telling about you and your body fighting is working against your recovery, which it's it's so easy to fall into this and it's so hard to get out of it. So there is no judgment in these words. Just know that as soon as you're like, I'm doing all the right things and my body's not listening, that fight, that tension is part of the problem. Yep, and that's and would- why Sarah's saying, meet you find a way to meet yourself where you are. Like if you are that anxious, then shake. Like this is we've got to find ways to to meet ourselves where we are it's so it's but listen i think we've said this a lot and i feel like i hope that you feel that we know how frustrating this is because we've said a lot this is annoying (laughs) today because this is really a frustrating piece however yeah having having something that helps you measure it could be helpful because you could see yourself if you're increasing by a minute a day for a month you just went from three REM minutes a night to 30. And you still probably feel like shit because that's not enough. You still probably don't feel like you're sleeping because that's not enough, but it's still not three. So let's get back to people who can't wake up. For people that can't wake up, 
you're sleeping 13 hours a day it's like doesn't feel like it's doing anything right let yourself if you're lay if you're in bed you're like i gotta get up let yourself stay for a little longer or do something that's like a little bit active you lay still but it you listen to something that kind of wakes your mind up a little bit see what happens if you give yourself that can will you get a natural little boost in energy and can you take that and do something with it and know that just because you're up doesn't mean you have to stay up if your body says i need to lay down again i need to sit down take a little break give yourself that gift where you let yourself be chill until you have a little bump up of energy again and utilize that i think we have this idea that like at least I did. Once you're awake, it's go time. It's go time for all day. And you don't sit down until it's time to like unwind for bedtime. I had a really hard time. I even now, now that I'm feeling better, I still, I'm kind of back to that. And I'm like, what if I just let myself sit down and do something in the middle of the day? Inspired by Kate, because Kate will like watch a Netflix show one in the middle of the day, sometimes at lunch or mm -hmm. just take a little break. And I'm like, wow, what if I did that? I love a midday bath. I'm really good at a midday bath. Like a 2 p.m. bath is like my one of my favorite things to do. And of course, listen, I know I say this from a place of of priv privilege without having children and I can take a 2 p.m. bath and nobody's expecting things from me if I don't have anything on my calendar. So I know that I have that um, that freedom that not everybody has. But I do love a midday bath. I do love a midday episode of something. I do love a midday baths and episodes for me are most of the time when it's sort of like shitty weather, like it is today while we're recording, we have like a massive storm going on here. Um, but when it's nice weather out, I love a midday walk. I took my dog out the other day and I was out for almost two hours. Again, I have a schedule that allows for that. Now, after finishing school and doing some rearranging, I did not have this schedule even four months ago, but I love a middle of the day being outside even a half hour, even 20 minutes, even 10 minutes. Get me outside in the middle of the day. Get me moving a little bit. So there's a bunch of ways that I interrupt my day now that I would have never allowed myself to do in the past, never in a million years. So when you're in that super tired place and can't get up, like I said, the way you meet yourself is to just have low expectations allow yourself to only use the energy that you have for the moment and try not to judge that you only had that much energy to use you only had enough energy to get up and eat a bowl of cereal yeah and you we also you know to do some little thing and that's yeah. okay yeah it's coming back you will come back if you if you do this and you don't push yourself and beat yourself up for not having energy this is how you meet yourself where you're at in the tired place and we talk about yin yoga nidra for before sleep a lot on the podcast. You know, we talk about this a ton, but there is also yoga nidra for waking up, yoga nidra for morning. And that can be like Sarah was saying, well, stay in your bed, turn on a light guided meditation that sort of helps you like coax your body into a more alert state slowly and more gently. I am not a fast waker upper. I never have been. I likely never will be. I am not the girl that jumps out of bed when an alarm goes off. I, nope. 
neither a couple of people in the group program have talked about wanting they're like I really want to read in first thing in the morning, like knock it out of bed and just read for a few minutes, like give myself 15 minutes to read. And maybe this would be a gentle way if your brain is up for reading and taking in information in that way, but like letting yourself stay in bed and letting some activity come to your brain by engaging in something other than your life that feels probably daunting and overwhelming to kind of get yourself woken up a little bit. Yeah. So this is sleep from a Chinese medicine perspective. Yeah. One other thing that we wanted to bring up today is this concept of, so like we said, you've got this big hole of depletion, right? You're slowly filling it by meeting yourself where you're at, providing for your needs, creating safety, um, dealing with your resentment, creating boundaries, all these different ways that you get to throw a little plastic shovel full of sand into your hole of depletion. You're getting there, you're getting there slowly, but surely. This isn't said often, and it might sound obvious, but it's not to someone who runs on programming that leads them to burnout. You have to save a, a little bit of energy at for the end of the day when it's time to sleep. We need a little energy to become the anchor of yin that drops us into sleep. Right? In we Chinese think medicine. In class, I remember talking about this with Alex um, Treberry, who is one of the best teachers of Chinese medicine of all times. He's no longer with us, but he was an incredible, incredible man. And I remember him in our first class. This was our first semester of school. January 2003, folks. So 21 years ago, Sarah and I were sitting in class. And he was talking about this idea of that you should wake up with a, say, like a full battery every day, like 100% of your battery every day. And you should go to sleep when you still have 50% of it left. Mm. You should not be emptying out your battery completely every night before you go to sleep. Because like Sarah's saying, you need to have something left in the bucket for your body to use because your body is actually quite busy while you are resting. Your body has to work with your memories. Your body has to adjust all the... Uh, all the things that happened during the day. It has to take in nutrients from your food. It has to rebuild some cells. It has to get rid of some cells. It has to clean out waste. It has all sorts of things that it has to do while you're sleeping. So if your battery is being used beyond 50%, you don't have enough energy to, to sleep. And he right. said then that like, if you're not filling up to a hundred, if you're not waking up at a hundred percent every day, say you're waking up at 75% every day, then you can only use 25% because you still need the 50% to be able to do all the things. Your body is active while it's sleeping. It's got things to do. You still need that 50% no matter what. So your capacity might actually be less than you assume it is. And then you're, go you're like, but I have 100 and I only used 90. I've still got 10. Your body's like, I can't build up 90 every night. That's too much. And I don't have enough to do all the repair, which is decreasing mm -hmm. inflammation, you know, restoring your tissues to relieve you from pain, fixing your gut, helping your brain. You know, there's just the everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. 
the other thing I like, and I know I've said this before, I think more when we were talking about like the wildfire episode. So this is, this is, this pertains to the more frazzly anxious phase of burnout, but like when you're, when you're feeling that ramped up and frazzled, it's like, there's a wildfire that's burning from your heart. And these flames are just like making your mind just feel so chaotic and all over the place. And in order to fall deeply to sleep, not not only do you need this yin anchor, but your heart needs to be a calm enough place for your mind to drop into to sleep. I love that imagery. So if your heart is having a hard time, which a lot of times it is during burnout, right? There's a lot going on. It's tough. How can you honor your heart if you're feeling anxious? You know, you can ask yourself, your heart directly what's going on or you'd be like what do you need to feel more like a like a hearth fire like a fireplace fire instead of a wildfire burning out of control how can we turn down these flames what do you need and see what answers come to you and trust them and, and we didn't them. in this whole episode folks talk about the concept of shen which we might do on another episode if you're interested shen translates into spirit but that's not exactly what it means um yeah it's like your vital the vitality you see through someone's face and especially their eyes right you know when someone's feeling well or not when they have a sparkle in their eyes and their face has enough color to it this oh my is god shen. you're glowing that's that's good shen that's good shen and that shen that sarah's talking about when she said like you know sinks into your heart there is also we talked about the yin-yang theory of falling asleep, but there's other concepts about falling asleep in Chinese medicine over a few thousand years in various parts of this, that giant country. There's lots of different ideas, but one of them is that your shen must enter the chamber of your heart in order for you to be able to fall asleep. Your spirit has got to go deep, just got to sink into your heart. And make itself a little home and say, okay, we're good for the night. We're locked up. We're safe. Everything's good. So if your Shen cannot enter your heart, then this question is completely valid. What does your heart need right now? Maybe you need to shake. Maybe you need to write. Maybe you need to dance. Maybe you need to, I don't know. Give yourself a hug. Give yourself a hug. Ask your, you know, someone in your life for a hug. Yeah. Maybe you need to deal with some trauma and you need to find some support um, to process that. Which we Whatever. will be talking about again soon. Um, the person that wrote the book that I mentioned earlier, Dr. James Gordon, wrote Transforming Trauma. He's worked with people in war-torn countries all over the world for many, many years. He is going to be a guest on Fried this month. It's very exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> I love this. I do, too. I have one other thing I want to mention. All right, Jared. Yeah. Well, first of all, when you're lacking in yin right you have it it feels like you have too much yang right if you can imagine your yin goes down and then it's like all you've got left is yang and so you feel active you feel frazzled all these things but also you get warm or maybe even hot this is when you start having night sweats whether you're going through menopause or not or you're a man or a woman or whatever you we will get hot and you will probably sweat or just need to throw the covers off in the middle of the night. This same pattern is tends to get worse in winter because winter is the most yin time of year. So even though the it's colder, right? There's 
the, maybe the nights are darker. They're definitely longer. And people are like, oh, just sleep, just sleep longer, sleep nine, 10 hours. And it's so refreshing. If you don't have enough yin to match the yin of winter, you also, it makes it harder to sleep. Mm. So you, if you are someone who maybe doesn't have insomnia other times of year, but you're having it now, know that it's about Chinese medicine is explaining why this has happened to you right now. Also fun, not so fun fact is that this same pattern of yin deficiency can also cause low back pain, especially the kind of low back pain. That's like a dull ache that leaves your back feeling kind of vulnerable. And like, if you bend over, you feel like it's going to go out and you're just like, Ooh, also leads to your, to knee pain, knees feeling creaky and achy. And that same sort of like, they're going to go out when you go down the stairs or even plantar fasciitis, heel pain. I've been seeing a lot of heel pain in the clinic and low back pain. Um, and also migraines. Ew. So when you don't have this anchor of yin in your body, all the energy stays up in your head. That's why you get, you know, a really active mind, but that's also like headaches or migraines. It'll just be like the energy just goes bing right up to your head and it is no fun. So building in helps also to treat migraines, low back pain, heel pain, knee pain, and all things perimenopausal so even though perimenopause to menopause is a natural cycle like when you zoom out there is a giant yin yang cycle that is the the whole of your life and it is natural for your yin to be depleting during this perimenopausal menopausal time which has also been right recent episode a lot of top a lot of people talking about it in the facebook group it's natural but it doesn't have to be as awful as some people experience it if you can still buy yourself back, get yourself a little bit more yin through this process, you won't have as many night sweats. You won't have the same kind of intensity of hot flashes during the day. You won't feel as up and down moody. It just kind of smooths the edges of that process. So know that if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, that they can be supported by a Chinese medicine practitioner, by an herbalist, by an acupuncturist. But like we said, you need substance to build yin. So sometimes acupuncture alone won't fully do it. It works. It helps. It does. But it's, it helps more when you can take an herbal formula or eat yin tonifying foods and do yin tonifying practices in your life to help you build yin, to help you ground, to help you anchor your energy for sleep, for all of these things we just talked about. Well, folks. Because we haven't really done a full deep dive Chinese medicine episode yet until today, I want to know what you think about this. Do you want us to talk more about this? Was it too confusing? Was it not confusing at all? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Please let me know. Because if it's something you love, it's something that we will do more of. And if you're like, that was too much for me, then that's fine too. And we will move on to something else. But what we did want to do today was create another avenue for understanding how your body is functioning that just might give you, sometimes that perspective shift just gives you enough of a different angle to look at that helps you make enough of a different shift that gives you a little bit of relief. And when we're talking sleep, we are literally talking minutes of relief at a time. We are not going from no sleep to all sleep. We are talking momentary, mini, mini, mini buildups that should ha be happening over time because that's how we know that it's going to be long-term more successful. It was never a good sign to me when a patient who had insomnia came into the office, I gave them a treatment, then they slept like a baby that night. I'm like, oh, shoot. 
now they're going to be real disappointed because they're not going to have that same result every single time they have a treatment because I just knocked them out energetically, which was a good thing. They needed that sleep, but you can't knock someone out energetically every time they come into your office. So that's it's it's we don't want you to go from no sleep to all the sleep. We want you to build it minute by minute so that it stays the same way that people talk about weight loss and people talk about like all of these things work better when they are done slowly and carefully and with intentionality. Anything else before we? That's just why burnout recovery takes time because yeah. we got to that hole of depletion with minutes of deeper sleep and these practices that are small and effective over time. And we know that sucks too. You know, we are, I'm four years in now. You're what, seven, eight years in yeah, here. Something like that. And like, I'm still connecting the dots and having amazing epiphanies that are improving my resiliency and sleep. Right. It's still yeah. like, sometimes I still have a hard time sleeping. It's just the reality of being a human, right? It's like, we're not, we're not perfect. This process isn't perfect. Life is lifing when we can do our best little bits at a time with self-compassion instead of judgment, it can make all of this so much easier because it, there's a little ease in compassion versus judgment and frustration. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. All right, fried fam. We adore you. Little bits at a time. See you in the group. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side. Plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan.